This podcast is recorded in a house with animals, many of whom are elsewhere at the moment, which is, okay, maybe not that surprising since Ursula's upstairs and the animals are, most of the animals are with her and I put the chickens away earlier, so you know that's how it is. The other thing I want to mention is that we are not afraid to swear on this podcast, and so you should keep that in mind. And while we're not going to get into anything explicit, we do have to mark it as explicit because there are a bunch of prudes over at all the podcast things. And if you swear, you have to mark it explicit. So whatever. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 110. Now, I know before we went to Worldcon and we went to Bubonicon, I had promised we would do a letter show. Well, I'm kind of jet lagged. And I had some work done on my teeth this morning, so uh, we're pretty much going to skip right to the interview. We haven't been that productive for the past two weeks. You know why? We've been in Ireland. We've been in Albuquerque. I think I worked two days in that entire time we were gone. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. So I figured we will just go straight to the interview with the lovely Patricia Pinto, who was very gracious to talk to me earlier this month. And so I'll have that for you right after this. Hi, folks. I am here with Patricia Pinto today. Uh, we're both very excited about this interview. And she's going to talk to us about how she stays productive in Malaysia, which is really, really cool. Uh, so, Patricia, can you do a better job introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? <laughs> Uh, hi, thanks so much, Kevin. Um, I'm Patricia. I'm actually a copywriter from Malaysia. I'm working with an Australian company, so I keep Australian hours. Um, I also provide Malay voiceovers as a freelance gig, and um, among some of, among my friends, I also function sometimes as a local shopping mall GPS. So it's like that's partially that's one of the few things that's basically really organized in my brain that I gravitate naturally to. See now, and I find that to be an interesting superpower, right? Mine is random people come up and tell me their life stories. It's kind of terrible. Yours is actually useful, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's got. Yeah, it's actually gotten to the point that for my husband, um, mm -hmm. he only he we have quite a few malls in Malaysia. Seriously, way too many. But um, <laughs> and he keeps uh, the apps for them on his phone so that when I'm not there, he can navigate. Oh, okay. So. Uh, yeah, otherwise, when he's with me, he'll, we'll, we'll go to a mall and he's like, oh, I want to go to this place. And it's like, okay, we're here now, so we need to walk over there. And then it's like, hey, should we go and visit here? Then I'll tell him that, okay, but don't you want to go here? And then I'll be the one plotting like the best routes to hit various places. And And even after, I don't know how many years, 20 years or something, that the one mall has been open and I've been going to it, 
I still have to check the map when I'm looking for something. Like, there's a mall in Raleigh that I used to live literally across the street from that I went to almost every day in high school. I mean, it's changed a lot since then, but still... Mm. Even even then, it'd be like, okay, I need to get to this particular store. Crap, where am I? Where is it? Oh, look, there's one of the mall directories. <laughs> it's like I should have like I should have had it figured out by then. It's 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 you have a great superpower. Mine is terrible. I mean, it's not terrible, terrible, but random people walking up to you and and being friendly is not bad. But when you're just having a smoke break and they're telling you about how they just had surgery, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> See, for me, that would have been great like about five, six years ago when I started off um, as a copywriter because mm -hmm. uh, I made it a huge thing about like trying to get to know people and such. And like, I like to pick up lots of like really random trivia bits and bits and pieces and things like surgery and all that would really mm -hmm. like make my eyes go shine. And it's like, oh my God, tell me more. Right. So, yeah. I, yeah. I'm very much a magpie like that. <laughs> So, thinking of that and, and thinking what you said through that, how do you keep yourself organized? Very messily, to be honest. Um, I actually have a uh, Google Docs open right now with like rough drafts of my answers to the questions because otherwise I'm afraid that I will forget. You're my not the first person. Yeah. External. <laughs> yeah. yeah. System is so, all yeah, external. My, my systems are all external. I tend to rely on other things to mm -hmm. keep me organized. So like at work, um, it's basically Basecamp, Excel, um, handwritten notes and uh, random scribbles. The Excel is basically sort of like a sheet uh, where everyone in my department um, puts in basically their task um, and the expected, uh, the original brief date, the expected due date, the actual date that we delivered, and then um, the link to the task. And it's not, it sounds very restrictive, but it's basically, for me, it's a to-do list. So it's like, I can go and look at it. It's like, oh, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do that, that kind of thing. So, right. How are um, you sharing yeah. that document? Because Excel is notoriously bad about multiple people editing it a lot. Oh, we have, uh, we're using Excel online and it's shared between uh, my creative director and my big boss in Australia. Hi, Tiny Orange. Yeah, sorry. She's adorable. Yeah, is she? Oh, hey, at least she's not cleaning my head right now. That's how I woke up this morning. <laughs> oh, um, no. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't think she's as bad as the other cat that sleeps on its owner where the owner was thinking, why was he having such difficulty breathing and it turns out that his cat was sleeping oh, on him yeah that one that that one's great and yeah set up a webcam and oh okay i understand now yeah <laughs> all right so um excel 365 shared with your team mm, yeah and then um handwritten notes so mm -hmm. i have like a few notebooks in the office where um, I will write down um, things that may not be in the Excel or they're in the Excel or and on Basecamp, but I wanted to put down like my notes and such or thoughts about the various um, thoughts of the various uh, items that I need to do. So that's another way of how I'm keeping myself organized at work. Mm -hmm. um, and then just random scribbles and pasted notes everywhere. So, Hi, Sergey. No, that's still tiny orange. Oh, that's tiny. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's she's oh, the color. for the people at home. She's literally standing directly in front of the camera on my desk. Okay, there she goes. She's gonna settle down, I think. Don't rub the. Yeah, as long as she doesn't 
decide to love on the microphone. She's loving on the on the monitor right now. Um, uh, notebooks, post-its. Post-its are so useful for that. So something to note is that it's Sunday evening where Patricia is, and I've only been awake like 45 minutes or so, maybe close to an hour now, close to an hour now. So while she's burning off energy from the day, I'm still on like my my first cup of coffee. I'm actually burning off uh, dinner energy. I had a huge dinner not too long ago. So it's just like, this is basically a way for me to like burn it all off before I go to sleep so I can go to sleep nice and easy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I also, I think I haven't mentioned my systems for home yet as well. No, no, you you haven't. And uh, it's kind of curious because you're not the only person who would have a different system for home than for work. Mm. Yeah, part of it is because um, at home, I'm very much a Google person. So mm-hmm. it's like Google Docs, Google Sheets, everything. So and work is um, because of the company that I work for, work is very much a Microsoft environment. So it's mm-hmm. easy to keep them separate. So I know that, OK, when it's um, anything to do with Microsoft Office 365 and the rest, it's all going to be work related. Um, but when I'm at home, it's 90 percent of the time. It's always um, Google Docs, calendar and such. So OK. Yeah. yeah. So what I do is that at home, I've got, um, like most people actually, I realize I actually have a, a Google, sorry, a Google calendar shared with the husband. So we will send each other invites and reminders about um, events, family dinners, especially, mm-hmm. and anything important that's coming up. Um, and then we also, I also rely on Keep as well for weekly reminders. God, I um, love Keep. The others is, sorry? <laughs> I love Keep. Yes, keep reminders are awesome. Um, the other thing that I also rely on is actually the husband my, uh, himself because he <laughs> tends to be much more organized and neat than I am. So there are some things where I will default to him and say, hey, uh, he'll tell me that, hey, don't forget, we've actually got this. I say, oh, okay, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Is as it well. on the calendar? Is it If it's not on the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes the, the thing is, is that sometimes he'll tell me that uh, about certain events and then he'll be saying that I send you a calendar and then I check my calendar. It's like, no, you didn't. And then he'll like, oh, wait, I forgot to press send on stuff like that. It rarely happens, but it has happened before. So we've laughed about it as well. Yeah, I need to I need to get uh, Ursula's calendar shared with me so that she can so that I can add things to her calendar as they come up or I can look and see that she's busy mm-hmm. on a certain day. Do you- do you guys still have that? Because I remember you mentioning in one of the earlier episodes, I think you have like a huge paper calendar or somewhere. She So she used to, because she worked uh, doing illustrations and things, she basically lived in her studio. And so she uh, had a paper calendar on the wall next to her desk. Mm. And so every so often I would go upstairs, I would grab the calendar, I would scribble down everything that, you know, I'd put into my calendar, everything that she had put on there. And then I would... Uh, add things that maybe she had missed that she needed to know about. Since Ah. she's become much more, uh, since she's become writer centric, she's moved to much more digital. She isn't sitting in that room at that desk, drawing pictures for five or six hours a day. She's going Ah. out writing for a couple hours. She's it's in a lot of ways, her day is, is more structured, but uh, Mm. less reliant on the, on the one workspace. Now when she's in the studio painting, it's because she mm. wants to be, which is uh, a big change. Uh, it also means, of course, that 
now her portable game is up. She's starting to use more digital tools, and now I need to catch up to figure out <laughs> how I can keep track of her. Uh, not not that she needs like a, a a monitoring or something, but just you know, oh, she's got a hair appointment, so don't schedule anything, or she's going to be out all day. That that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's one of the few things that uh, the husband and my and me haven't quite figured out. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. um, there are sometimes when I'll just need to remind him verbally if I'm going to be out um, with the girls, or if he's going to be out uh, with the guys, that kind of thing as well. Mm-hmm. So for us, both of those are still quite much. Um, it's still going to be quite um, one-on-one and like it's either going to be in hangouts or we just tell each other verbally because um, when we share things, it's usually for events that we are going together. So it's right. easier for both of us to make sure that our both calendars are clear. <laughs> yeah, that's at least the the one of the reasons I need to like sit down and uh, have her calendar shared with me, even if it's only read-only, <laughs> is just so that I can see. So I can bring it up and mm. go, oh, she's got a thing. She's got a thing. So, yeah. yeah. And that also means that I can go, oh, yes, we have a thing. Invite, invite, invite. Add it to her calendar <laughs> directly, um, which yeah. is much easier than a reminder, reminder, reminder. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, with all these tools going on, and we haven't touched too much on this yet, but mm. what systems uh, or and or habits um help you keep all this sort of moving um the first one is friction like um in programming i remember there's a term called friction where it's how easy or how hard it is for a user to do something so i find that for me at least uh to create or break a habit friction is really important so it's like it the easier it is for me to see and do something the more likely i am to do it so um, this also leads into the second um, habit, which is keep everything in front of me to remind myself. So um, you can't really see my actual desk, but it's like <laughs> I've got um, three combs, each comb with a different purpose because my hair is finicky that way. Oh, yeah. And then I've got a face mask so that because I am as slightly asthmatic, so I have to wear face mask every so often when we get the annual hay season in um, Malaysia. Oh, dear God. Um, yeah, I remember in Tibet, China in general, it's everybody, or not everybody, but a lot of people just had face masks for day to day, whether it was for the pollution in the big city mm. or whether it was dust in the countryside. And I, I found myself going, I need one of those. And then meanwhile, we're busy passing in some states here um, – uh, making it a crime to wear a face mask. And it's just like, uh, guys, that's no, that's bad. Why? Face masks are useful. I mean, of course, if I I understand it, like some cases you can't wear a face mask, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's, uh, at least in, in the Asian countries, it's Mm. more about health than, Mm. you know, pretending you're, you're someone else. So I don't know. Uh, sometimes it gets too cold in the office, so I actually pick up a mask and I'll just like wear it to keep the heat on my face so that I don't end up sneezing. Because when there's a huge temperature difference, I end up sneezing, and that usually causes like my entire island to be like, "Are you okay? Is it too dusty?" Etc. So <laughs> yeah, I found myself doing the same thing in Tibet. It'd be like, uh, "It's very cold this morning. I'm putting on the mask just to to help keep warm." 
Um, one thing one thing that hasn't reached uh, Malaysia yet, mm-hmm. um, at least not in a big way, but it happened um, when I was in Taiwan, is that they have a lot of these face masks with like really really cute design. Design. So it's like I've seen some with like this like cute Rilakkuma stuff, and then mm-hmm. there's a few that's like teddy bears, and also I'm actually kind of waiting for it to be like really widespread in Malaysia because currently it's slowly coming in, but not quite there yet. But then yeah, we don't we do have a problem with the haze, but not many people have started wearing those heavy duty masks yet. So that's also a thing. <laughs> yeah, no. One of the big popular things at the the fur cons, at least, are the masks that have like a, a, the animal mouth. On it, so it's oh, like yes. teeth, and yeah, I mean they're really cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, I don't think I can get away with that. That really, just what I need, you know. Here's the big bald guy with the head wrap, and then giant teeth. That's gonna set the wrong, <laughs> wrong tone, wrong tone. Yeah, I've seen some friends at um, at cons do that um, back when they first started introducing this. Um, mm-hmm. I think online elsewhere. So it's like, yeah, it was like a cute, cheap cosplay or just something to get get into the spirit of things. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So to go back to um, friction and keeping things in front of me, um, basically, like I said earlier, it's, it's, as long as it's in front of me, it's easier for me to get things done. So um, like how I've set things up in the office is that my work notebook is always almost always open to my most recent pages. So if mm-hmm. I when I get into office and I need to get started on work, I can just look at it. And at home... For instance, um, my desk is relatively messy and it drives my husband nuts. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's also been cleaned up to an extent that my microphone for voice recording is nearby. So if I need to, I can just simply grab it. And then my water bottle is right next to me along with the supplements that I'm taking for my health. Mm -hmm. So when I wake up in the morning, um, as I'm going to drink water i also see the supplements so i'll automatically take the supplements and it's the same thing when i come back from work because my supplements are a um, twice a day thing so it's like it's easy to take in the morning when i wake up and then another one more time when i come home and i'm grabbing a drink yeah i i keep all my pills in a little in a pill case that i can just grab that day's pills and one's morning one's night and that way i've got the Okay, morning is not quite the right term. Lunch is usually when I take them, and then because, well, because it's it's the diabetes meds, and I want to have food uh, in my system. Yeah, and then mm. the evening ones I take with dinner, and that way, but I've got them with me, so I don't forget. So it's it's a mm. similar sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So and then um, the other thing is that because I said uh, it has to be kept in front of me um, so that I can remember. So this has led into a system where I actually need two of everything. I know previously you were joking about it, but for me, it's turning out to be like, yeah, I do really need two of everything. So um, what I have, it's like, uh, I have got a ton of pens in the office that are colorful for me to write notes. And I've also got a fountain pen. I've got like cheap fountain pens in the (laughs) office for me to write with. They're all cartridges. I have, I am not, I have not dared to even step foot into the ink bottles because I am the kind that I will be very, um, I will go very deep into it. Um, in Malay, mm-hmm. uh, we actually have a saying called hangat hangat tahi ayam. Um, translated into English, it's like, um, uh, what you get? Hot chicken shit. So you do things, <laughs> you do things because it's like, it's like, it's, you, you do things as long as the, 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 the heat is still there, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I tend to be, so I, I try to, um, so basically having two of everything means that, yeah, I'm never without. So, oh, with that said, it also means that at home, I've got cables for my phone um, to keep it charged. And rather than keeping a cable in my bag that I have to take out every time I want to charge it in the office, I just have another cable mm-hmm. in the office instead. Yeah, I I keep a duplicate set of, of cables and toiletries and all that stuff for traveling so that... Yeah. Instead of having to stop and, okay, what do I need to grab? Do I need my, my shaving gel? Do I need my soap? Do I da 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 It's just like, okay. Already day. Yeah, I just have to grab that. My pills and my toothbrush are the only things I have to pack other than the my toiletries kit. And it used to be that I had a second setup of everything at my friend Tina's house in Seattle. <laughs> because, well, I was out there uh, four or five times a year. And mm. it was just easier to say, I'm just going to, so now I don't have to carry anything but my pills and my toothbrush to, uh, because I'm not, I, I use a very expensive Sonic Care toothbrush thing, and I'm not going to buy a uh. second one just to leave there. Um, especially since, you know, leaving a charged portable toothbrush somewhere is just a way to ask to replace it because the battery is is shot. So, is it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So mm-hmm. and because um I'm actually on medication um due to the medical issue I had several months uh, several weeks mm-hmm. back actually yeah um I actually have like one small tub of Vaseline on the computer desk at home so that I remember to apply it when my lips are dry ah. and I carry another stick with me in my um office bag so I'm never without yeah yeah and I think that's important and a lot of people do it and don't realize they're doing it in the the whole two of everything one for home yeah. and one for your office work travel mm. bag or whatever yeah. um it's uh, yeah it's for me it's it's part of the frictionless thing it's like mm-hmm. if it's easy for me to do mm-hmm. then i shall then it's easier for me to i mean if i make it easy for me to access and i'm more likely to do it so yeah which also means that um Breaking a habit means finding ways to make it harder to get at it. So mm-hmm. the way my team works is that um, it's like we really start, uh, everything starts really coming alive for us about like about an hour to an hour and a half after we start working because we're basically spread out. Uh, we work in an office. We're employed under a company mm-hmm. um, in Malaysia that deals with, in, for HR and stuff, they, they are the ones who are dealing with Australia, but we're in direct communication with our Australian client. Um, and we have two other offices, and those offices tend to come alive a little bit later than us. So when everyone starts coming alive, that's when everyone starts coming alive. So it's like, okay, before everyone starts coming alive, we're just going to grab a break so that we're all like on the same level kind of thing. Right, right. Uh, that is one of the things, I guess, about my my new job is because we're global and we're follow the sun, uh, mm. then... Uh-huh. It's like, okay, yeah, when when do we hand off? I, you know, plan on getting in or starting work because it's it's come downstairs and log on to my work computer, right? Um but it's it's very much uh all right, I if I'm covering issues that day, if it's my day to cover issues or my week to cover issues, yeah, I want to show up at least thirty minutes to an hour early so that I have time to get myself into the flow before and see what's going on before they start just oh. uh, handing off as Europe goes offline. And oh. I can also prep. Uh, there's also sort of like an hour, the hour before we hand off to um, Asia. The next person. Mm. Yeah. 
bef- where it's like, okay, let, let me start. If I've got anything ongoing, I need to start wrapping up or start getting ready for handover. Um, so yeah. that I can, I can say to the person who manages the handover, um, because there's always two of us on that, that sort of, uh, on point ish, on call ish level. Uh, but I can, I can say to the person who's supposed to be orchestrating things. If we have a big issue, um, Hey, here's the stuff I have for handoff. Here's the stuff I expect to wrap up. And that way, when the next person comes online or when, when the handoff happens, it goes really smoothly. And mm. I, uh, you know, and when you're working with geo distributed like you are, I think that's kind of important to have that prep time yeah. and that, uh, on either end of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, it's like if we need to hand off um, the work uh, because I'm in the writing, I'm in the writing team. So mm-hmm. there is, if there is any handing off work, it's usually um, probably grammar fixes or just minor tones. It's very rarely a full rewrite and such. So a lot of times, it's actually quite easy for our the rest of the team members to pick up because we've got base camp to refer to right. as like for all the notes and the descriptions and such. So for us hand it's actually for the designers that's actually more interesting is the way they hand off things. Like mm-hmm. um if some of them go on leave or some of them are on public holiday, it's like okay, all our files are here and then we actually make adjustments to ensure that everything is covered and the deadline is also um not unreasonable. So the mm-hmm. one, the few times we've had unreasonable deadlines, a lot of it is things that our bosses themselves try to push back. Unless it's a case of like, <laughs> yeah, there is no way we can do it. So I'm sorry, guys, we have to do it. But they've been very good and very smooth uh, about um, making sure that the person who has to do it is hopefully not the person who has to leave for home. It's usually the one who is all, who is going to be online for the next two three hours because that's their working hours. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's, it's it's weird because I'm basically working in a sort of I'm like an inter. It's like being in an ad agency, mm-hmm. but working for just one client instead of having to work like for multiple different clients who all have like crazy hours. I can actually have a I actually have work life balance. It's so nice to it have. It really is nice to have when you find a place that lets you have it. It really is. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that because my hours are weird, it's mm-hmm. it's like I I start work at six and I mm-hmm. end at three, so okay. it's like six a.m. wake up. I mean six a.m. in the office and mm-hmm. three p.m. I get to go home. And because of the location of where my office is, is I actually skip most of the jam. I oh nice. go home as yeah. the jam is about to begin so yeah and for my colleagues i've, I've got one colleague who's um his commute is about 40 minutes mm-hmm. um each way but if it's on if he was working regular hours and i say that in air quotes um <laughs> he would be stuck in a jam of at least one to one and a half hours every day but because he's working at this hours no such thing wow that's yeah i i remember uh, now i can't remember her name and that's terrible uh but the the young woman <laughs> in the philippines um ah uh, yes who's talking about how she has to plan around that hour hour and a half commute every day and i'm just like i'm so glad i don't have i haven't had to do that for uh, almost 10 years uh i guess yeah we're we're coming up on 9 years work at home and oh sweet yeah and i do not miss it at all <laughs> Not in the least. Um, the few times I would have to go into the office and have to deal with traffic, it's like, boy, I am so glad I don't have to do this every day anymore. Uh, yeah. Um, on, I've discovered that actually for – I'm actually one of the luckier ones in my office because it's like um, if 
there is no traffic. Mm-hmm. I get to work in like about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, at most, yeah. And then um, my commute home is usually at 3, 3, no, it's usually closer to 3.30, 4 o'clock, which is when a lot of the government offices let out. So because of those, I would end up taking like maybe about half an hour to 40 minutes but it's still a fairly smooth drive it's just that a lot of uh, a lot of the holdup is usually traffic lights yeah yeah in in my case it was always it takes me 20 minutes to go the first 25 miles and then another 20 minutes to 30 minutes to go the last five miles because that's when i get to the oh, traffic God. yeah yeah that's uh but i live way outside the city i i know people who lived um they live like less than 10 miles from the office are like i don't understand how you can do that that long commute and i'm like how long does it take you to get into the office in the morning well it takes me about 45 minutes to an hour and i'm like yeah i get the same thing but i get to drive across a lake at <laughs> you know early in the morning i get to you know i the birds and the you know and they're like oh I'm like yeah see my commute time's no different than yours it's just that you spend all of yours in traffic and i don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i had to take a job um several years ago in this middle of the city so the mm-hmm. fun thing about that was that i ended up um they, i had a choice i could either drive into the city or i could um i could take the train in and i discovered or rather i decided that mm-hmm. even though it would take like maybe an hour to an hour and a half on the train um, versus let's say half an hour to 45 minutes in the car, mm-hmm. it was better to take the train because on my way back, I wouldn't have to be stuck in a jam. Right. So I could just like sit in the train and like just read or play games or do lots of Pokemon Go because a lot of the stops <laughs> were actually on the train, on the train line. So it's like, yeah, just spin, 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 spin. Yeah, I got, uh, when I lived in New York City and I was taking the subway every day, this was of course many, 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 many years ago. Uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, even dealing with rush hour subway train crowding. It was still kind of relaxing because I could I could read my book. I could mm. listen to music. I could it was it was like there's time there to decompress from work before I get home. And yeah. that's really important um, for a, a lot of people who come straight home. After dealing with traffic and uh, and they they never really decompress, so the stress just sort of builds up, and mm-hmm. you, you've got to have some time to let that just flow out of you. Yep, exactly. It's actually also how I ended up um, finish uh, a catching up rather on first it was uh, Welcome to Night Vale, and then <laughs> it was Productivity Alchemy. Oh, and, no, pro- no Productivity Alchemy. Sorry, I started listening to Productivity Alchemy when mm-hmm. I when because you guys started at around the same time I started the new job. Ah. Um, that job rather, and then uh, what was it? Uh, Hidden Almanac. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't started on KUEC because I've been told that it's two to three hours long, and I'm like, do I really want to? As to... It, yeah, as as it as we get uh, as as it gets later and later in the in the season in the series i guess we're almost there's almost 300 episodes of that one oh we we tend to get really lit and just because after some of those foods you need to be drunk um but uh, yeah it, it it has gotten longer um and uh i don't know if you heard this uh we've already announced it on on productivity alchemy and on twitter and things like that but we are wrapping up uh hidden almanac this year 
Oh. So yeah, no, we've hit okay. the the natural point in the in the story towards I guess mm. the thing we've been building to for the last several years, and somewhere around six years and nine hundred episodes, we're mm. we're wrapping, we're kind of pulling all the threads together and wrapping it all up, and. Um, it's it's more of a it's time versus a uh, we don't necessarily want to do it anymore. It's just that it's it's hit a point in the story and the storytelling where wrapping it up is the best is is the best course rather than trying to force extending it. Right? Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and believe me, you're not the only person who has made that noise when we say. <laughs> Um, I actually really enjoy it, and mm-hmm. it's also given me like a really good um, perspective on storytelling and podcasting. Because um, I've I've basically been toying and playing around with a few uh, a few podcast ideas and such. So it's like mm-hmm. Hidden Almanac was one of the few one of it next to Welcome to Nightville that made me really think that oh doesn't have to be if I'm going to do a fiction podcast doesn't have to be like this huge soundstage thing. It's just as close as an intimate and just like two people talking and mm-hmm. in the case of Mord and Drum, it's like, oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, the only spoiler I will give is that... Um, no, it, it's okay. No spoilers. No, no, no spoilers? Will, okay. I will, All right. Okay, I will deal fine. with it when it comes in however long it has to be. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, but there are there are some bonuses I just released this past Friday. Um, so I, I've there's some now on the website for Hidden Almanac. There are some Reverend Mord sound clips, and I'm going to work with Ursula to get some drum sound clips as well. Yay! So. Oh, I will say that um, woo is one of the things that I really like hearing from Ursula every time. It hey. it, it really is. It's Everybody nice... loves the woo. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, which brings me to mm-hmm. interestingly enough, I'm talking about uh, keeping things in front of me to remind myself, and something that um, mm-hmm. I've been doing when it comes to productivity alchemy is um, you said um, if you have to run a script twice, you, I mean, if you have to do the same task twice, you. Uh, automated you write a script for it oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. so uh, that advice came out roughly the same time as one of my um admins the hr person at my uh previous job said which is like if he has to write an official document once he templatizes it and i've actually carried it over to everything else oh god so, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so when so um i'm a copywriter uh, mm-hmm. most of the stuff that i actually do it's uh, a lot of it is blog articles um, social content no not really social content but it's like um, it's like brochures etc and also we find it very useful and it's a system that I started because I was the first copywriter um, before uh, they hired um, they hired the other writers and it's basically like we created this uh, little box at the top that basically mm-hmm. says okay who's the audience for what's the meta title what's the page title what's what's the meta description the keyword the slug etc so the idea being that um, it makes it easy for it. It makes handoffs easy as well. Like uh, previously, it used to be that we would write it and then we would pass it to the web dev mm-hmm. to upload it. Um, or in some cases, it could be uh, because the writers are doing the uploading at times now. So it makes <laughs> <Yay>. it <laughs> yeah, it makes it easy. Like for the web develop for the whoever who has to upload the document, it's like mm-hmm. okay, they just need to take the document mm-hmm. and it's like okay. 
I need to copy paste this from Word into WordPress or whatever. And it's like everything is there. So it's just like copy paste, copy paste, copy paste, done. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the the template or script it is has been uh, is something that kind of got hammered into me uh, as a system administrator because we have lots of repetitive manual tasks. And anytime someone's doing something like that, I'm like, why isn't there a script for this? <laughs> and the moment they say, well, it's not something you could really script. Oh, oh, really? And then I'll write a script <laughs> to do it. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's, it's actually it's interesting as well because it's like um my a lot of the things that my team is responsible for because on one hand we have the we we're called marketing services as a general rule mm-hmm. um so on one hand we have like all the creatives like we've got designers and writers and such and then on the other hand we have like programmers web devs and such and they actually um, templatize a lot of things so that it's easy for people to like just pick up and go, pick up and go. So you don't run into the problem of having to worry um, about where you are in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, I think I haven't been able to use it for, for the podcast yet, but the new, um, the new writing tool in WordPress is supposed to support that sort of thing really well. Um, I, I haven't had a chance to really play with it. Um, uh, the Gutenberg editor. Gutenberg has a bit of a learning curve. I discovered yeah. it, um, earlier to, uh, earlier this week because we were, <laughs> we needed to move a few of the content pieces around and I'm like, why can't I just click and drag? And then it's like, I, I reread the instructions. I'm like, oh, okay. I see. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but Gutenberg is really nice. Uh, yeah, I just haven't had the the time. The time, yeah, I think the time is the right term. Uh, the the time to really dedicate to all right. How do I templateize a podcast? I've got it <laughs> so wrapped up so easily in just here's in the writing the flow when I do it. I just haven't had time to. That's one of the things that I should probably look at that would make my life easier that I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot of like a lot of it is is like a checklist kind of thing as well that I find that it's useful. Um, uh, this is actually because I'm the kind of person that I tend to refer to what other people have done um, before I start stuff, so that I know that okay, even if I'm writing like a completely new um, brochure or content, there is always a template or a form that people expect out of those kinds of things. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why it's like, yeah, templatizing, templatize everything. I know people say that, oh, it's like, it's so boring. And I was like, no, you you don't see it. When you templatize, it forces you to think within the structures of of the form. It's the, the form, The a lot of people think that um, templates are bad, but I think that it's great because especially if you're working for a corporate company, it makes you think of how you can make the content within shine. Rather right, right. within the the strict within the structure of it, so yeah, yeah. One of the things I've been impressed with at the new job is that when you open an issue, um, mm. you open a ticket. All of the ticket things have templates, so that you can say, "Oh, this is an issue for documentation," and then you click it, and there's instructions on exactly what they need, and here's what you fill out, and that's so useful you're not asking questions like well what do they need to know do i need to look at another ticket to figure it as an example nope it's just like all right here's what we need to know here's the links you need to provide here's the this that and the other and it's really helpful in keeping a a big distributed team all on the same page because we're not going oh you know uh 
what was it, two jobs ago, it would be like, oh, this is from this particular person, so I know it's going to be like a one-liner, and I'm going to have to go talk to them about what they really mean. Or, uh, you know, this one is going to have all the detail I need because it's written by that person. Standardizing yes. is so useful in this sort of thing. I used to work... Thing. <laughs> Yeah, I used to work as a part of the reason why I love templatizing is also because I used to work as a tech support very, very early on in my career. Before I think we I, all did, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yes, templatize. And, and one thing that um, I feel that some, not say I feel, but it's more like something that my boss and I have pushed uh, pushed through is that um, when we come up with forms and such, the forms usually, and this is like for stuff where they're asking us for new services and such. And it's like, the form actually has brief descriptions that tell them, okay, exactly what do you want us to do? Do you want us to run uh, these kinds of ads for you? Where mm -hmm, are they going mm -hmm. to, uh, who do you want to target? And then we'll give an example of, let's say maybe it's a suburb or maybe it's uh, it's on a very, on various digital platforms, et cetera. So it's like giving people instructions on how to fill something makes everyone's life easier. Oh yeah, it really does. It really, yeah. really does. All right. Um, so yeah, I so, think the yeah you you say you're messily organized, but there's a lot <laughs> of of organization going on. It's just not very obvious, I suppose, because it's like <laughs> it's it's all it's all like second nature, and it's visually not organized. It's more mm -hmm. like in the way I do things, they're organized. Absolutely. Uh, just just because your desk isn't clean and everything doesn't have its perfect place doesn't mean you're not organized. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the last habit that's important mm -hmm. to me is actually to leave something behind to get started, especially if um, it's, I know some people like to tie up loose ends at the end of the day, but for mm -hmm. me, it's like, if it's something that I know that it's just requires a finishing touch and it can be done tomorrow or the day after, then it's like, I'd rather have that. So that actually... Leads right into the next question. Yeah. Um, and that's how do you decide what to do first? You actually set it up the day before. Yeah. And the thing, it's actually a habit from NanoRemo. Um, mm -hmm. Someone wrote um, this really great piece of advice, which is like, um, first, of course, is write every day. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is that uh, leave yourself a place to start the next day. Yeah. So that's so for me. It's like um, it really depends how I decide what to do first. It really depends on what day of mm -hmm. the week it is. It's like if it's work, when I get into the office, I know there'll be tasks waiting for me, and I know which specific tasks are waiting. So it's like I just go in. Like some of it is like I just need to put finishing touches, or I just mm -hmm. need to like double check the numbers, etc. Because in a lot of cases, it's like you've been working on something the whole day. Your brain is not going to process any mistakes. Right. Right. So yeah. it makes sense to yeah. Yeah, that bit so, where you've been staring at that one line of, of something all day and you're like, you know what? I just need to walk away from it. I'm too familiar with it. I'm I know there's a, a problem here. I just can't see it anymore. I'm I'm just gonna leave it for the morning or uh come back to it after lunch. Mm hmm So yeah, I've I so it's like a lot of it is like it depends on um it depends on basically what I've left from the day before. And mm -hmm. in some in other cases when I've had to submit everything on that day and I can't leave anything for myself the next day, um, then it's a case of, okay, 
what has uh, what is the most uh, pressing deadline or what can I get done in a snap like something that I know will take me like more than no more than like 10 15 minutes okay I'm going to do I'm going to do that first because right. that's a no brainer and that gets me a nice momentum starting in the morning mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah so, on... so sorry go ahead <laughs> I was going to say something to get the momentum moving yeah cool so yeah, so that's actually pretty simple for me. Like, and on weekends, it's just more of like, um, it's more of whether or not um, the husband and I have plans for the day, or whether or not I have plans for the day, and then I'll just let that decide um, what I'll do first. So some days it might just be like, oh, okay, I've got nothing planned for the day, so let's go out and have a nice meal somewhere, or if I've got to meet up friends and if I've got to pick up things. Oh, now and now I remember. I actually need to make a phone call tomorrow. Whoops. <laughs> But now, but you remembered now and not a half hour yeah. before when you're just waking up and having your coffee, which is yeah. <laughs> kind of what happened to me this morning. Um, so, uh, no, but it's cool. It's cool. Um, there is, there was something else that was going on. Oh, yeah. It's um, uh, yesterday we had, uh, you know, we have to get this done for the chicken coop and I want to get this other thing done for the, um, for the worm bin, I love having a worm compost. Um, and but we're like, well, we have to wait until the the heat is gone because it's it's. Uh, yeah, it's going to be super hot though. Yeah, it's um, I it was almost ninety degrees Fahrenheit, and I don't know what that is in Celsius off the top of my head. Um, uh. Which is it's it's about typical for this time of year. But we're like, all right, well, I guess we'll go home and we'll wait for it to cool down, and then it's like, oh, hey, it's Pokemon. Pokemon Go Community Day, so we can spend a couple hours in the car with air conditioning, going from Pokestop to Pokestop and place to place, trying to catch our shiny Ralts, which we both did, which was the important thing. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen photos of that actually uh, popping oh. up on my feed because I didn't. I completely missed the Community Day yesterday. Um, was stuck in a jam heading back uh, to um, the in-laws' place, so it's like. But I don't play much uh, Pokemon Go these days anyway, so yeah. I, there is that. It's actually probably one of the best shinies they've released to date. Uh, but uh. Um, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but it, <laughs> it was a weird, it, it's weird because it's really early this month. Usually it's like the second or third weekend and not the very, very, very yeah. first. So I, I don't know. I was like, didn't we just do Community Day? Because it, it happened yeah. um, at um, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's like yeah. about two, just two weeks ago, I think. Yeah, so it's yeah, it really, really weird. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're planning something big for September. Maybe not. I have no idea. And yeah. so let me make a note to link to Pokemon Go. For the people who don't <laughs> play, um, I uh, we enjoy it. But if you're one of those I have to, uh, completionist people, it's going to drive you insane. Yeah, and in yeah. my case, because um, I don't want to pay um, for extra storage after paying for the past two years. So it's like, mm-hmm. I've had to like go in and it's like, okay, I've got to, I'm sorry, I'm going to transfer you out. I'm going to transfer you out. I'm going to transfer you out kind of thing. And it's like, I'm so sorry, my darlings. <laughs> you, can't, you can't stay anymore. I've, I've become much more, uh, much more, uh, what's the right term? Uh, callous isn't the right term, but I, I think my Pokemon... Um, are are more like livestock in some ways. Well, I've caught <laughs> fifty Ralts, and only two of them are shiny. So the the other forty eight of you, bye bye. Um, <laughs> give me, you know, I require your candy. So out you go. Um, but 
Mm-hmm. I have a, a a thing that does auto capture, so I can uh, I can drive, and it's just like shooting off pokeballs, and you know I can drive to the store, and then I get to the store, and I'm like, well, I caught 15 things that are all garbage, and so I'm just going <laughs> to toss them all. Um, which means that I, when I have something like, oh, hey, it's a shiny Ralts, I'm just like, well, I can evolve it all the way to the end. Next. <laughs> I had uh I joined the one that I had the most uh Pokemon was uh during the Dratini release several years ago. I think it's about like one and a half years ago. Yeah, maybe. something like that. Yeah. 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 So it's like I collected enough that um I've got one shiny Dragonite that I absolutely really don't like the color because why did they have to make him look as though he's permanently ill, the poor thing? I know, I know. And now they've got the whole, <laughs> sorry, folks, we're, di- we're, we're, we're taking a, down the Pokemon Go rabbit hole. Now with the uh, Team Go Rocket <laughs> challenges, it stops. It's like, yeah. but, but I like the evil... Um, uh, look right. Yeah, I know. With just like... The angry red eyes and the the purple flame cloud thing around it. I'm like, I don't want to cleanse my <laughs> evil Venusaur because, oh man, doesn't he just look awesome? <laughs> I've got a swamp bird with the same problem. It's oh. like, um, it's like as as a tiny angry mud cape. Oh my god, you you are such an angry little furball. Come, let me love you. And it's we- like I just evolved it, and it's like. Oh my gosh, you're such a beautiful, angry mess. I don't care if your CP is low. You are staying, and you are staying right as you are, my lovely, angry little thing. I know. I we I actually, we haven't seen the angry mudkips yet. So uh, I wonder if that's a regional. That would be frustrating. Um, I don't think so, yeah. Because I know we've got Torkal here in um, in this part of the world. You do, um, and we don't. We, yeah. yeah. My friend went to Australia, and she's got a Kangaskhan, and I'm like... Damn it, I'm so jealous. I want. <laughs> we got so lucky. We were in Finland for Worldcon in Helsinki <laughs> when they did the the global event with Kangaskhan. Ah. And Helsinki was one of the cities they did it in. And so, like, uh, when it popped, we're all like, I don't care if it's one in the morning. We have to go get Kangaskhan <laughs> now. Um it was it was a little nuts, and uh, I think something similar with Farfetch'd. Um, oh God, yes. But yeah, the the two, three regionals. Uh, I'm missing a couple regionals, and one of them is Torkoal, and one of them is uh, Relicanth. What's that? Uh, okay, yeah. Tropius. Tropius is the other one. Hi, Ursula. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the person I'm interviewing, Patricia, says hi. Hi. Okay. Yeah, she says <laughs> hi back. So yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, yeah, um, now that we've had our, our little side talk about Pokemon <laughs> Go, <laughs> um, uh, that, was, that was the what to do first um, weekends if you've made plans. Otherwise, it's uh, relax time. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's basically whatever we need to go shopping mm-hmm. for. So, um, the husband and I found out, discovered that we were uh, at this point in our lives, we were super domesticated. Like by the fourth or fifth um, 
months of dating each other, we were like shopping for groceries for each other, even though we weren't <laughs> staying together yet. So it's like so weekends are also like grocery days if we need to go and get stuff and also mm-hmm. be like, okay, we'll plan our, we'll plan to go like to one of the many, many malls in, in Kuala Lumpur. It's like you ask anyone and they'll tell you like you could probably throw a stone and you'll hit the mall somewhere. Yeah, it, it felt that way in, um, in a couple of parts of China. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like yeah, the same idea. It's like mm-hmm. too many malls, people build more libraries. We need more libraries for goodness sake. Uh yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, especially here <laughs> in the States. But yeah. Um <laughs> more libraries, less less places of, of of commercial spend money. That's you know, mm. but that's a personal opinion thing. Anyway, yeah. before we, we go down <laughs> that rabbit hole. Um uh anything else on the uh deciding to do first? question no mine is quite simple okay yeah (laughs) awesome uh so what about the best advice or feedback you've been given or given out there's a few okay uh, actually (laughs) so uh, the first one that i wrote is uh, something that's for me as a creative and for a lot of my friends as well as like um Mm -hmm. you don't need to set yourself on fire to keep others warm oh i love that one yeah. So, and that one is especially important because it's like in Asia, especially, and there is a lot of pressure on uh, both as creatives um, and as uh, children. It's like we need to like give ourselves to like either our families or our work. It's like the cause is greater than us. And mm-hmm. there is a lot of, um, I noticed that it's probably a generational thing for, for me. It's like, um, I noticed that a lot of my friends and I who grew up around a specific age time, uh, we all have this thing that in our early 20s to mid 20s and uh, now early 30s, we realize that no, we don't have to like give our entire youth up, our lives up for um, for things that don't necessarily make us happy or even make sense to us. Uh, mm-hmm. To be fair, it is a very privileged thing to say I am lucky to be in a job where I don't have to work myself to the bone but yeah oh yeah yeah but it's it's nice to be able to like take days off Mm -hmm. and my company actually has enough annual leave that i can like plan like let's say like one or two weeks ahead or like just let my team lead know to say that hey i'm planning to take like about uh a long weekend coming up in about two weeks time and he'll be like okay sure just let me double check and make sure that we're not going through crunch time etc and it's like if that's okay then sure go ahead mm-hmm. it's completely fine it's like having days off is it still feels like a unnecessary luxury to me but it's like i'm learning to like make full use of it i think that may be one of the the big lessons i learned working hourly jobs before i fell into mm. computers is that yeah it's uh, having the privilege of being able to say, take time off when you're not literally on your deathbed, unable mm. to get out of of your your house or whatever. Uh, it's a huge, huge uh, difference. And I do feel incredibly privileged myself that I get the, the vacation time and the sick time and things like that, that, mm. that I'm able to. And that I have a company that's like, yes, we understand that we're hiring you. And in a month, you've got all of these events coming up. We'll work with you on that. Right. That's, that's (laughs) hugely privileged. I can think of companies where they would have been like, no. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I've, Mm -hmm. I've, 
been very lucky to um, to have found this particular job as well because it's mm-hmm. like um, if I tell my boss that um, I'm planning to take this day off because it's like super uh, it's it's like I just need to, the time break and my, my boss is like sure it's it's completely fine as long as I don't mm-hmm. give them like the same day notice whenever possible for obvious reasons right right unless it's yeah. an emergency and then uh, everybody's like oh well at least yeah. at my job, it's like, oh, if you got a sick kid, uh, you know what? That comes first. Don't worry about this. Um, mm. Or, oh, you've got to deal with uh, uh, something. That's no, go deal with the stuff that makes life, you know, livable and the important things. And we'll be here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I'm I'm super lucky to have mm-hmm. to have found this particular job as well. And they actually give us. Um, I mean, it's like I. I have like about 21 days of leave, um, mm-hmm. which is seven days more than my previous, a lot of my previous companies only gave us like 14 or 15 as basically oh, yeah. following the Malaysian law. But to be fair, Malaysia has a truckload of public holidays, so I can understand <laughs> why it was only 14 days. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty similar here, although we have significantly fewer public holidays. <laughs> Uh, on the other hand, uh, when you've got a, a company like the one I'm working for now that is global, that is able mm. to say, all right, well, North America's closed today. That's fine. They're on emergency coverage. But, uh, you know, the gap in time between when Europe uh, closes down for the night and when Asia mm. comes online in the morning isn't that big a deal, right? Mm. So it, yeah. it, it all balances out, especially because... Uh, you know, we have to deal with, oh, yeah, there's a public holiday in Asia to mm. cover for, or um, Christmas is, uh, the Christmas December holidays are always kind of interesting, yeah. because you've got the countries that do Boxing Day the day after uh, mm. Christmas, you've got the countries that do Christmas Eve the day before um, Christmas is time off, so it's like, yeah, it's just, it all sort of works out in the end, Yeah, and it's kind of nice. For- yeah, for my side, because we follow Australian public holidays, um, but specifically, uh, we also follow production holidays. So it's like, um, for a lot of us, we actually get um, a super long um, one week off at the end of the year because the, com- the, the, the company is closed down. There's not mm-hmm. going to be any work done. So go and enjoy yourself is pretty much what we've all been told. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's uh, a weird culture around that here in that, Uh, I've worked contracts where for all intents and purposes, the company is closed and no one is in the office of the people we're supporting, but we still have to go to work. So, yeah. So things like um, when I was working a contract at IBM, uh, the contracting company was like, well, yes, uh, pretty much all of the IBMers are gone, but that doesn't mean you don't need to show up to work. Uh, and the same was true with the one of the federal contracts I did with the government, where they're like, yeah, no, we, we understand that the agency you work for is shut down that week. We don't care. We You need yeah. to show up. And it's like, all right, you know, this is what we have to do. Um, and I feel really priv- privileged when I work for a company that's like, nope, this is the holiday, and we're just going to arrange coverage. And everybody who isn't on call or providing that coverage, y'all go have fun. Um, yeah. You know, and set up rotation so that it isn't the same person doing the coverage every year. That's really important. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's actually it's rotation is actually quite mm-hmm. important. It's like in 
the way my team is set up, we actually do cover for each other. So, and it's gotten to the point that um, although we all have our special specialized um, knowledge niche um, in mm-hmm. the office, but we also um, can cover for other people as and when required. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, and and having having planned around that skill set is really important for. Um, and this this is more for the hiring managers and the executives who might be listening. Um, <laughs> but planning planning that sort of of overlap is really important. I've worked at small companies where there's one person who can do the one thing, and if they're out, everything grinds to a halt because no one else knows how to do it, right? Yeah. And that's a terrible yeah. situation to be in. Exactly. Yeah. I've been in places where it's been like that and it's like, no, you don't want to be. And the worst part is that if they have to end up calling you despite them trying their best not to simply because mm-hmm. they literally can't can't afford not to call you right. on your day off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's worse when there is and and this is the kind of a workplace uh politic or whatever thing. It, it it's worse when there is a person who uh, protects what they do and and guards it so that because that gives them and I'm putting this in air quotes myself uh, job security. If they're the only person who knows how to do something, they can't be fired. And that's that's usually a sign of a toxic person or a toxic workplace. Yeah, I've yeah. actually um, for me, it's like part of my aim, especially after um, listening to Productivity Alchemy over the years. <laughs> <laughs> One of it is um, I aim to make myself redundant. Mm-hmm. Uh, touch wood in the sense that um, for uh, something that's come up in the office is that I'm kind of like a mentor or a big sister figure in some cases. So um, it's like, you it's basically like, oh, they can come to me to for answers and such. And I mm-hmm. try to help other people settle in. But at the same time, it's also to help them. Uh, like if I'm helping out with the other writers and all, it's like the idea is that if something is required of me, um, and I'm not around, someone else can step in. So oh, it's yeah, like I'm yeah. redundant in that sense. <laughs> Does this mean that you're sort of like the office auntie? No, I've not reached that level. I uh, <laughs> in I would call myself a uh, in Chinese it would be tete, which is like elder sister. But I'm not auntie level. I'm I'm nowhere near as catty and jaded and sharp witted enough for it. Right. Yeah. So, can, <laughs> I don't know how to accurately explain it, but can can could you explain auntie for the people who aren't quite who who aren't in that same culture? Okay. Um, bear in mind that there's going to be differences between how it's explained in um, in I would say in let's say uh, China, Japan, and in mm-hmm. uh, the U.S., Europe, etc. But for yeah. Southeast Asia, specifically, for my understanding. Um, an auntie is generally an older, um, it's def- definitely an older woman. Um, the physical <laughs> manifestation I have of her in my mind is like she's probably someone in like her uh, 50 to 60s. Um, if people who are listening to this have watched a lot of TVB dramas, you know those aunties with like the, sh- the short curly hairs, that kind of auntie. Yeah, and yeah. she's the kind that, um, she is the kind that will come and lecture you when uh, she wants you to do things and she will make you do things that your parents cannot make you do. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so um, aunties generally tend to, because they are not your parents, mm-hmm. so when they give advice and such for, um, it always feels like it's coming from a place of um, 
they're not trying to make you do things um, to fulfill your dreams. Okay. In some cases. So it's like an anti, a very anti slash mom thing to do is like when you go into a person's house, uh, they'll be like, have you had dinner? Uh, have mm-hmm. you eaten? That kind of thing. And uh, another thing is, oh, they're huge gossips. I almost <laughs> forgot the most important part. They are huge gossips. The anti-network is not something to be sneezed at. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's a scene in Crazy Rich Asians where um, Michelle Yeoh's character finds out that her son is getting married or has proposed and is bringing someone and everyone's like do you need to know about her etc and they're like that entire scene is like auntie <laughs> seriously auntie and it's like that whole gossipy thing and mm-hmm. it's like yeah it's 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 very much auntie it's it's not a hundred percent there but it's very close to it and i'm not sure if it's still available online but cast cause mm-hmm. um story about the auntie Yeagers, that's oh. also very much auntie. It's like, yes, if aunties had to pilot Jaegers, <laughs> that's how they do it. And if they were going to tease you about having a love life at uh, at your post retirement age, that's exactly how they do mm-hmm. it. I'll 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 check with her to see if it is. Um, I need to talk to her about the presentation <laughs> we're doing in October anyway. Um, uh, but yeah, I was actually. Uh, Side note, I was just talking to Cassandra on, um, I guess, day before yesterday, and uh, uh, mostly about um, uh, how she's settling into her new job uh, with Ubisoft. Um, oh, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. hearing that. It's like, yes, I'm so happy for her. Yeah, well, Ursula had started playing uh, Falcon Age, which she did most of the writing on. <sighs> I can to look this up, yeah. Yeah, um, and so she was all, oh my God, Ursula's playing my game. I hope she likes it. And, you know, so, um, uh, but yeah. uh, um, no, she's, she's doing really well. I, we were talking spices yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm, I'm halfway listening to, to the episode, um, the second episode that you have with Dino about mm-hmm. um, all the KitchenAid and uh, KitchenAid and such. And it's oh. like the only thing I can think of is that last week when I heard the first episode, I sent it to a few friends saying that this is an episode that you guys need to listen to because <laughs> there were a lot of cooking things. And then this week I'm listening to it. Okay, there's another subset <laughs> of friends that I need to remember to send links to because this is exactly their interest. Yeah, well, and the fun. <laughs> Funny thing is, after I did all the editing between Tuesday and Wednesday, because that that was there's a lot of audio to, to get through on on the Dino episodes. And uh, as I was listening to the segment that posted this past week, and for those of you who are uh, only hearing this about a month later, um, uh, first first episode, first of August is the episode. Um, it was like great, now I need to go, uh, I'm writing down all these brand names for all the links in the episode, and then I'm like looking up, and I'm looking at the air fryer, and I'm like, I've been curious about it, this is the one he recommends, and it's actually not that expensive, and okay, it could be here Friday. Um, and that's that's like the dangerous thing with some of these, it's like, oh yeah, that that looks like a great idea, I, I should get one of those. Uh, and three days in, I, I have no regrets whatsoever, it makes the... <laughs> best tater tots i i've i've made at home to date so you know um anyway back on track back on track um uh, which actually segues to the next uh the one of the next advices that's mm -hmm. been given to me um 
or rather worth that that I was reading previously, which is mm-hmm. anything worth doing mm-hmm. is worth doing badly. Oh God, yes. Yeah, and the this is actually also one of the advice that I gave out to quite a number of friends because it was one of those weird um perfect storms that mm-hmm. I saw um I overheard um this being talked about on an episode um I think about like about six months ago, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. Um, and seeing this a lot on Facebook, and I was just telling telling uh, a friend who was undergoing, and she was bas- it's basically one of those day- things that she had the, the problem of like just like deciding whether to get up, etc. And also, it's like, mm-hmm. I just, we had this like long heart-to-heart, and it's like, this came up multiple times. It's like, it's like, and she is a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was like telling her, it's like, no, it's, it's okay to do it badly as long as you get it done. And nobody will know anyway. So, yeah, she was. That's actually one of the best pieces of advice for myself mm-hmm. as well. Because it's like, um, it doesn't matter if um, if uh, I've done a bad piece of art, etc. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, yeah. By the way, thank you guys so much for <laughs> getting me into stationary hell. <laughs> Sorry. I call it st- I call it stationary hell, but it's like I, I I'm enjoying my my time here. It's like um I have also have a bunch of friends who are like into stationary, like mm-hmm. a whole bunch of them who collect like washi stickers, etc. And also it's like um I am I've got like about I think forty plus pens now of various colors and yep. types. And then I've got like a whole bunch of washi tape that I'm not sure whether I'll ever be able to finish using them. And despite that, I still kind of want to buy more and sticky tapes and notebooks, etc. <laughs> I I see it. I I see it happen with people who uh, who knit, uh, who are into fiber arts. <laughs> they have they have rooms just dedicated to nothing but their yarn. Uh, or my mom who has her quilting room, which has those pieces of of cloth that. Well, I I. I would love to put this in a quilt. I just don't have the right quilt for it yet. Yes, I exactly yeah. understand that. So, <laughs> so it's like, and mm-hmm. for my journaling, um, it ends up being a lot of a handwritten things instead of like a lot of utilizing like the stickers and uh, and the uh, washi tape, etc. And also, mm-hmm. but the thing is, is what I've come to learn is that as long as it gets, as long as the item gets used, um, and mm-hmm. to be fair, productivity alchemy has been, um, and the husband have been a great, um have been a great push because I used to be a hoarder in the sense that I buy things and it's like it's so pretty how could I use it and now it's like oh how much how many lines can I get out of it hmm, will it take fountain <laughs> pen ink which is actually the most important question I mm-hmm. have of any notebook I buy now right yeah oh nothing nothing is as sad as buying a beautiful notebook with beautiful paper and then you write on it and the ink goes through three pages and you're like oh, oh God, yeah no, yeah yeah yep. so yeah, that's it's it's yeah, and the thing is, is that I ended up buying and most of my fundamentals are actually super cheap because I've been buying a lot of the Monami Olikas and the uh, Pilot Petites. Oh, I love the Pilot. The Pilots are wonderful, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I've also got a Kakuno, which is my absolute favorite, and I just got my hands on a Preppy recently, and it's like writing between the two. It's like ah. So nice. Uh, the the preppies are just. Um, I I I picked one up on a whim at an art store in Minneapolis, like not long after Ursula and I had really started. Um, I, I guess when did we go to Minneapolis? It was a couple years in, um, but we'd been together a while, and she was showing me 
like her old haunts because we were up there for for a thing and there's this art store and i'm like oh this looks interesting i'm like great now it took me forever to find them on jet pens and when i did i'm like oh i can have more of these um (laughs) before that it was the very expensive german pen and now Uh, i'm like oh i can buy really cheap pilots and get the same performance as i was getting off of the very expensive pilot because they all use the same nibs basically (laughs) Uh, but preppies which aren't i have no idea who makes those they're ah they are very nice pens oh Yeah. yeah Yeah, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is because um, they just had this event in um, PJ recently. PJ mm. is the suburb where I stay, mm-hmm. so they actually have they actually had like a platinum uh, night at one of my favorite stationery shops. Oh, so and so it's like um, I got tickets to win there, so I went there, and it's like, oh wow, these are so nice to use and they've got like that mixable ink where they say that oh you know we can like customize a mm. ink color that is specially for you etc and i'm like that is very pretty but i am the person who likes to switch colors so yes i am safe <laughs> and then i showed <laughs> yeah. it to my friends i tried to see who among them would bite but unfortunately it failed damn it <laughs> at, at least it wasn't uh you know here's an ink that changes color as you write so you're writing rainbows you, it, it, somebody did that for me i'd be like you're evil and take my money i am um, going to tell you that there mm-hmm. is a that uh, there is a very good um series of pens that mm-hmm. are made for that. They are called the Pentel Dual Hybrid. Wait, let me double check the name because I have it. Uh, let's see. Okay. Uh, it's the Pentel uh, Hybrid Dual Metallic. So Hybrid Dual <laughs> Metallic. However, well, they mm-hmm. change color um, from white paper to black paper. You know, it's interesting, uh, uh Crimson, who was on the show, I mm. want to say last year, sent me a notebook of black paper. And so, uh, and I, I went out and I bought gold and silver metallic pens because that was like the only thing that's going to show up on it. So now it's like, all right, I have a, uh, now I have a pen that can go with <laughs> either type of paper. That's just, it, that's just evil. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And the thing is, is that um, if you want like really super dramatic change mm-hmm. um the there is one um pentel uh, in that series because i found that this is the only one that literally changes color before your eyes oh. it's the blue gold version so it's blue on white paper and gold on black oh that's yeah and that's... but you have to write it slightly slowly uh, it depends on the paper like, but for mine it's like um i have to write it uh, like slightly slower but then it's like you you see it first this dark blue ink on black paper and then it just sparkles just, into gold oh that's <laughs> i am not sorry at all <laughs> no you shouldn't be you sh- ursula is going to be swearing <laughs> later but um when when the shipments start coming in but no just, um they sell it in packs of five. Oh, okay good good yeah i <laughs> probably can't get it at the local office supply store but that's okay they're specialty stores and that's what jet pens is for oh god yes i am very sure they should be on jet pens if they are not i would be surprised (laughs) yeah right (laughs) yes um okay yeah Yeah. that's on um that's the uh pentel one and Mm -hmm. what was it there was something else oh the nips are 1.0 so they're humongous oh that's that's Mm. a very very large nib but i suppose yeah yeah. Yeah. um uh 
I'm just looking through my pens because I remember that there is another <laughs> series of pens. They write well. They don't change color. It's just mm-hmm. that um, depending on what you're writing for, uh, they show up uh, also on black. Okay. Um, let yeah. me just double check. I've actually got two cases of <laughs> pens so I, and they're both next to me. So I remember to use them to journal. Yeah, I, I keep my um, pilot vanishing point uh, in my... Uh, in my planner uh, because I love writing quick notes and and things with it. And usually I use it to do the interviews. It ran out of ink. Like, Oh no. Yeah. So fortunately I have uh, everybody say it with me now, a tool, um, <laughs> tool, tool uh, just standard gel pen. And um, really they're great bargain pens. Um, I don't know if you can get them outside the U.S., but they are... Um, no. Yeah. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I I feel a, a a pen exchange coming up, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. We can email about that after the interview. Um, <laughs> also, I'm going to want... I, I'm going to need some, some of the, the, the quotes you said because I... Do not know how to write down um, what you said for hot chicken shit. Uh, I'm just like I, yes. uh, yeah, okay. Let me just write that in in English, and we'll we'll yeah. Uh. <laughs> not a problem. I can send that one to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the last uh, advice I mm-hmm. think that I wanted to share is yes. also in Malay. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. let's finish the pen talk. <laughs> Um, yeah, the other series that I mm-hmm. wanted to suggest you investigate. You may not need to get it, uh, mm-hmm. but actually there's two of them. Wait, um, they're both from Zebra. Uh, it's the Sarasa, the Sarasa range. So I haven't had very much luck with Zebra pens, uh... which is unfortunate because they're they're bargain priced. But and it may just be that where I'm buying them or they're taking so long to ship over or whatever. It's just mm. I haven't had like the fountain pen didn't work. The one the one I bought just did not work out very well. Um, uh. And so the zebras, in terms of I mean, they're priced great, and if they work for you, fantastic. They they have mm. not worked out for me, um, uh. which is unfortunate because they're everywhere. Um, yeah, the two ones that I wanted mm-hmm. to recommend, um, yeah. if you could, if you have a chance to try them out, I wouldn't re- mm-hmm. necessarily recommend buying them off the uh, off the bat. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sarasas are basically their gel, their, the gel ballpoint pens. Basically, sorry, ballpoint pens. Um, they're zero point fives. Oh, I, that's my size. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they actually have two. They've got mm-hmm. the um, milky pastels. Um, and then they've got the other one which changes color, which I actually need to Google a moment because I can't <laughs> remember the name. Sarasa changing color. And um, these, the changing color ones, basically what it is, is like they've got like a bunch of different colored inks, um, three inks, I think, or two inks inside the pen. So when you write, it actually, uh, it can move like from red to blue or okay. from like this super neon uh, yellow, but I found for me at least the colors have been a bit mm-hmm. mixed. Um, so the other one mm-hmm. is the Milky Way pastel. Sorry, uh, the okay. So the color changing one, mm-hmm. it's called the Sarasa Clip Marble because uh, it looks like a marble. Right, right. It's got that that marble texture thing. 
Yeah. And the other one, uh, the pastel ones, which will show up really nicely on mm-hmm. black paper, is called uh, the Milky Pastel. Yeah, yeah. All of them are available on jet pens, so shop okay. with caution. <laughs> uh, absolutely, you know, um, and it's not going to be like the the Pilot High Tech C series oh, where God, the Coletto, yes, yeah, yeah, where it's like I have to push a different button to change colors. Is it? No, no, no. These are all like single color, single pens. I mean, okay. like it's all in um, one one pen, uh, one color. So yeah, you can you can either get like the set of fives, which is very dangerous. It's like why do they sell all these in sets on fives? My my wallet and my sanity. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. He says he says staring at his his coletto and then the piles of different colored inserts he has for it. Um, <laughs> Which yeah. which is great compared to uh, the ones I grew up on, where it had it had four, it had it came with four colors, and if you wanted to replace them, you had to like pull it apart and and figure out you know the mechanics of it. Where this, you just flip off the the top. Yeah, yeah. I I don't miss those those old pens, but yeah. But to be fair though, um, because I'm based in Malaysia, and we are somewhat closer to Japan and Taiwan than the rest, we do get a lot of the really interesting pen stuff um, oh, stationary stuff at least yeah i i will admit that one of my current weaknesses is for brush pens so and the one that i'm currently looking forward to is uh who was it um the zebra mild liners they actually released a brush pen version of their highlighters oh that's probably but, really nice i mean wow that would be that would be pretty slick actually it's consistently sold out. It's sold out <laughs> so much. I do not know anyone outside of Japan who has it. Uh, well, and Japan <laughs> brush pens are are huge in yep. in Japan and I think China. Although I, I saw I saw more fountain pens in China than I think in China. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it depends because it depends on whether they're using it for calligraphy or if they're using it to sign. To be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, the advances we have in fountain pen tech, I can't mm-hmm. believe I'm actually using that phrase. <laughs> um, we've reached a point where the inks dry fast enough that if mm-hmm. you're writing fast, it doesn't smudge. The preppy, I noticed the default ink does still smudge, but the Kakuno doesn't. The Kakuno dries so fast, it's lovely. Yeah, I uh, the most of the inks I use don't dry fast enough. They they smudge, so I do have have blotter paper in my in my planner for just that thing. <laughs> like um uh, the black ink I've been using, uh, the one specialty ink I've been using, and I'll I can't remember the name of it. I'll have to look it up. Um mm-hmm. it it does not dry very quickly. And so it's like, yeah, if I'm taking quick notes and I need to go annotate something above, there's a chance I'm going to end up with ink on my finger and smudging. <laughs> so I, I, I have to be real careful with that. Um, yeah. That's actually one of the weirder things mm-hmm. I found about this, the cheaper pens, um, by mm-hmm. which I mean they're like less than 10 ringgit Malaysian, which I think is like probably less than 3 USD or maybe mm-hmm. even 2 USD. Um the inks dry super fast. It's like, yeah, you have no excuse for not using a fountain pen to take notes and such because unless your paper is really that bad because it's like it just dries fast. Yeah, I was surprised at the inks in China on the very – well, the fact that they had very inexpensive, reasonable quality pens just in like – the grocery store in the middle of nowhere, like out towards Mount Kailash, was was shocking. Uh, I, I did not expect that. Um, 
but the fact that the inks are just they're made to quick dry so that you don't smudge because if you're I was watching people write in Tibetan or Chinese and you actually can't like it's it would be so easy to smudge because you're making all of the uh mm. um, you know all the characters are multiple strokes mm. and things and I'm like wow yeah okay that would explain why they use a faster drying ink than what we you know what we're used to with the the at least here in the the western "Quote unquote Western world," um, <laughs> where you know you always see the they're they've they've written the thing they're throwing the sand on it they're rolling it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it, 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 here it's like mm-hmm. ain't nobody got time for that, <laughs> right? Right. Um, okay, so uh, that's like fifteen minutes on pens. We should probably <laughs> go to that last bit of advice that I suspect yeah. you're going to have to email me. Um, yeah, um, how to write it? Yeah. So, yeah. So in Malay, it's called Nak Seribu Daya. Mm-hmm. So when you translate it, mm-hmm. um, it says that when you it's um, it's a longer and yet shorter version of um, when there's a will, there's a way. Okay. Yeah. So it's like for the I think it's roughly the same amount of words. Um, it basically says that when you want something, you'll do everything you can to get it. But if you don't want something. Mm-hmm. You'll find a million excuse, sorry, a thousand excuses not to do it. <laughs> uh, and it's a very accurate statement. I uh, there's so much truth in that one. Yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I love it because the thing is, is that um, it has made me rethink like some decisions where it's like I want to do something and then it's like I don't want to do it. It's like I find a thousand and one excuses not to, or I find mm-hmm. a thousand and one reasons to procrastinate. Hello, writing. Um, <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. a very good. Um, it's a very good. It reminds me to take a step back and just like think. Okay, what is the problem do I have with this with this particular mm-hmm. um, decision or task or whatever? And it makes me look at it to see whether or not what exactly is stopping me from doing it. Is it a fear of failure? Mm-hmm. Is it because I don't think I'm good enough for this, etc. And so it's a lot of the times it's a very emotional response. Mm-hmm. So figuring out what's triggering that that for me has been key. Right. And thinking of failure, I'm going to reverse the question so that we end on the happy one. Um, okay. <laughs> how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Uh, if you asked me about, if you asked me this, like about, I think even as recently as about six months to a year ago, I would have said badly. Uh, badly. Ah. Uh, because it'd be like, I'd be like, I'd have like this meltdown for a little while and then I would try to find ways to fix it uh, but now um, especially since at work we've gotten to a point where things are sort of um, it's not uh, it's you know what to expect there are deadlines to keep or we actually have a plan that's more than a month in advance oh that's always wonderful yeah and <laughs> we've fought long and hard to mm-hmm. get to this point <laughs> it's not just uh, me but it's like the entire team have fought long and hard to like so that we can get the business to tell us mm-hmm. or we can we've reached a point where we can tell the business okay we want to do this 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 is this so can you give us that 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 mm-hmm. so um so if it's a watermelon project i can't remember whether i heard this on your show i have uh, a yeah. thing i did you did <laughs> Yeah. So, if it's if it has signs of being a watermelon project, or if this, or if I'm not able to 
to reach or hit a goal or to finish a task, I can mm-hmm. usually flag it early. And sometimes I can't flag it as early as I would like it because I literally don't know until the day I'm doing the task or if I'm, uh, or the day it's due, suddenly they tell us that something new is going on. But nowadays mm-hmm. it's easier to manage in the sense that I do still take that step back to go like, why? Mm. Just why? But then it's easier for me to come back and say that, okay, this is the issue. How do we fix this? Or how do we get beyond this? Or is there anything that we can do beyond saying that, okay, that's something we will never ever do again. Let's find a place to put the learning and mm-hmm. so that we will not do the same mistake. And I I love the idea anytime someone says we go back and we learn from the mistake because that is something I have watched people do over and over again. They're they're miserable and you're watching them repeating the same pattern over and over again. Even work, personal life, all that stuff. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, the good thing about it is that the way things are set up in the office, um, excuse me, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, we're all of different personalities enough that. When someone fails and we all see that, okay, uh, this is how that thing happened. Mm-hmm. How do we make it so that it doesn't happen again? It's our, compl- our personalities and our workflows are complementary enough that we can cover for that. Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's easy to, and we also shadow each other in uh, a lot of ways. So... If uh, we need to reply to something or someone's not in the office, etc., it's like there is always someone on hand to uh, to be able to to take on that role or someone who can help step into the role. And gotcha. we always know what each other is doing. So if let's say like we're supposed to hear from someone else in the business and no one has uh, no one has heard from them or the writer um, the writer can't reply. Mm-hmm. Someone else can someone else can can take over and jump into the email thread uh, to reply. It need not necessarily be another writer; it could be our coordinator and such as well. So there's always uh, there's always someone who is uh, who is a who has their eye on the ball as well. Right. You're not right. alone, basically. Yeah, uh, and I think that's also important. Um, a lot of times you there's a there's at least in this country there's this big culture of uh self-reliance and it's all on you and you know a lot of of do-it-yourself um mentality and that leads to those situations where you're 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 standing there with a a flaming pile of poo going what do i do with this and everybody else is going not it it's a terrible culture. Um, and when you find a company or you find a place that doesn't have that sort of culture in the workplace is uh, just phenomenal. Um, and learning that actually mm-hmm. has been like one of the biggest lessons I've been taken from this uh, company mm-hmm. and from dating the husband, actually, because it's like we've had <laughs> like we've had failures in communications and we've got like arguments and such and all, obviously, as most couples do. But <clears throat> one of the key things is that he's taught me that I have him to rely on and he has me to rely on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't have to take everything in. It's not, that's not healthy. And it's really just not reasonable. I'm not a saint. And most of us are not. And learning, unlearning that Catholic guilt. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> 
So on a happy note, then, <laughs> um, how about celebrating successes? Do you do it? And if you do, how? Uh, the first thing I always do when something is like approved or it's passed or it's like, yes, mm-hmm. it's a... It's a it's a success thing. Is um, as weird as it sounds. I actually take a moment to bask in <laughs> in the feeling. It's like yes, oh my god, it's done, yay! That kind of thing. It's it's just acknowledging that I have a right to feel happy. Right. And then I go and break to my friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, like I think someone mentioned um in your podcast as well. They have like a group of cheerleaders mm-hmm. or friends whom they can share successes. So. Depending on what that success is, I've got different f- groups of friends who would resonate with that. So I will usually like find an opportunity to go to talk to them and say that, hey guys, remember this? Or it's like, hey guys, I've done this. And it's like, and there is mutual cheering for whenever anyone in our group has a happy thing happen to them or has a success. And for me, it's, it can even be as simple as saying, it's like, yay, good for you, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's that feeling of validation for me is important. So the when so basically, yeah, what I do when I celebrate my success is one is that I enjoy the feeling and then I try to spread it around. Awesome. That's that's great. And um I think in all the different ways that that I've talked to people about sharing or not sharing, but just celebrating mm. successes. Um I find that the people who have the peer groups uh, that they share with, that they have somebody to share with, even if it's just their spouse or their significant other, um, tends to really make it feel much better, Mm. right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But on the flip side, you've got a support network for the other side. Like when something goes wrong, you've got that support Mm. network there to help pick you up. And I think that sort of thing is really, really important. And, uh, especially when you work from home or you 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 do freelance things like with the voice mm. acting, um, it can be very isolating, and so you need to have that sort of a uh, someone to celebrate with and someone to commiserate with. Yeah, I actually <laughs> also make it a point that um, if I'm asking a question, especially if I suspect that it's a question I should know the answer to, but I can't either. I can't remember because I a lot of my memory is external rather than internal. It's either a question I can't remember or things that I think I should know. I always preface it with saying that, hey, I think this is a dumb question or I should know this, Mm -hmm. but what is blah, blah, blah? And it's actually a habit that I picked up from my boss because she would sometimes say that, I think I should know this, Mm -hmm. but, and then she'll ask the question. Yes. Um, I'm going to go back into my notes for um, habits and add asking questions because that's something else that I've I've found um, in comparing and contrasting my current job with prior jobs. One of the things that um, the company I work for is very good at is – asking questions of each other there there's you know if you don't know something it's okay to ask it's not mm. um the you don't know something so uh i guess you're not cut out for this kind of kind of attitude that you get in some places it's much more open to yeah here let me help you mm. and i think exactly. that's also important yeah so mm. it's like and part of the reason why i took my 
current job was because I told my boss then that mm-hmm. I it was a completely new industry for me and I was curious mm-hmm. to learn all the things and two years on, no three years on wow I've been here for almost three years <laughs> <laughs> um, it's uh, I'm still learning new things mm-hmm. and it's great because it's like it's not just me who's learning it's everyone else as well so it's it doesn't feel I don't I don't feel like how I felt in a lot of my previous jobs which is like after a while I've reached this point where okay this is like I know this or if I don't know this I know enough to either fudge about it to write about it convincingly or I know where to find the answers yeah and that's yeah. that's one of the things that I, I think is also personality dependent mm. I know I know several people who are just like this is what I do this is what I've been doing and I'm perfectly happy doing this because work is just a, a place I go to earn money and mm. um, if I do the same thing for 30 years it doesn't matter because uh, and it, it doesn't matter because it's just tedium that doesn't matter right? The, mm. the 30, 30 years or whatever, and I'll be done. 40 years, I'll be done, and uh, then I'll have the fun. And then there are the people like me who are like, yes, I want to I learn this new thing. I want to do it. And if you don't have an environment that supports that, um, mm. it, it goes really badly. That was, that was, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, you want to learn this new thing. You want to do this new job function. We don't we need you here and we need you here forever. And if you want to do that, um, tough luck. Uh, and that's, that's a terrible place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's those, I've actually found it very lucky that I've not, um, ended up in a lot of those places. A lot of times when I end up in new places, it's always like, there's always like new things to learn, et cetera. I'm driven by, novelty um mm-hmm. but when this is something i should have mentioned earlier um <laughs> the reason why i have to have had things in front of me is because mm-hmm. i have like a two two week to maybe about three month um time frame to pick up a habit so like most nanorimo stuff is like the mm-hmm. first two weeks are like oh shiny new habit and it's easy to remember but um when you start reaching the third and fourth week of the grindy parts and all, so that's mm-hmm. when it gets really hard. So yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, that's that's typical for everybody. It it takes the the study, which is the, the study that was done, and the statistic that's often quoted mm. is it takes um, twenty one days to build a habit, and yeah. that's maybe. And that varies by person. Some people can build a mm. habit in in a week. Some people it takes two or three months. But uh, you know, it's just nice to have that sort of like even a touch point that says, "Okay, twenty one days, give or take." I need to that gets you grinding through into that third week. Yeah, right? I've actually seen some. Mm. I've actually seen one article about. I think there was about three four years ago where they said that. The 21 days is to establish it, but to make it a lifetime, it needs to be at least 60 to 90 days. Yeah, that would be about right. Yeah. Mm. But if you can get through that first 21 days, you've Mm. got to just It makes it easier. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And 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 again, varies by person. (laughs) Yep. And another thing also is forgiving yourself because there's. Again, it comes back also to the culture of like self-reliance and that you must do everything on your own, that we don't tend to be forgive ourselves enough if we fall off the bandwagon now and again. I think yeah. the oh, yeah. yeah, being able to keep going is the more important part. So and that's something that I'm trying to learn for myself as well. Yeah, and that is huge because a lot of people I, I mean, I'm 
I, I've talked about this. I'm clinically depressed. I have medicine. If I if I'm not on the medicine for a certain period of time, then I it gets harder to forgive myself because my brain mm. chemistry is just out of whack. Um, mm. And that's there. Everybody deals with that differently. Um, in my case, uh, you know, it's because my brain chemistry is out of whack when I'm not on the medicine. Yeah. Uh, it it's it's kind of harder, not just forgiving myself, but forgiving other people. Mm, Which oh, is, wow, okay. yeah, they, they kind of go hand in hand. I guess if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive other people. Mm. You know, okay. and, and so mm. it's, um, sometimes it's easier to forgive other people than yourself too. But even then you're not really forgiving because you'll kick yourself over something you said to someone, but because you haven't forgiven yourself, you haven't really forgiven them either. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a very vicious cycle. It is, but better really living is. through chemistry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you you have your supplements that I don't know what they are, and I'm not going to pry. <laughs> but you know, um, whatever whatever helps, right? Yeah. Um, exactly. That's everything. Oh yay! <laughs> yay! Um, so if we wanted to find you online, do you have a public presence that you're willing to share? <laughs> um, I've got the. Public facing, um, public facing, a uh, website which is uh, patriciapinto.asia. Um, the reason why it's Asia is because .com is taken, and also because there are a bunch of Patricia Pintos who seem to think that my email is theirs. I have a there's there's another K Sunny in. I mean, there's a couple more K Sunnies in the world. Uh, I actually have a cousin named. Uh, Kevin Sonny on the West Coast, um, distant cousin. But I think it's like his his mom or aunt or something um, who signs up for things, and I guess they just put down Sonny at Gmail. And so I get <laughs> – I've been getting the stuff for their timeshare. Like here's oh, here's the God. login portal. Here's you know here's your value. Hey, you've got this due. And I'm like, guys, no, stop. Um so if they see, need at least yours is relatives and you can you can talk to them. No, I mean but they're they're um they're like cousins two or three times removed. We share the same last name, but you have to go all the way up to like <laughs> my great grandfather's children to <laughs> to you know find the actual link. Um or maybe it's my great grandfather's brother. It's uh, you know they're 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 that far across on the on the, oh, wow. the line. Yeah. Um so it it it's a little awkward to say, hey, I'm getting your mom's stuff about this this place, and if she wants her tax documents, she probably needs to contact them and reset the uh, the password and email. Because <laughs> I have it all now. Uh, I could apparently sell this thing for her, um, but that's that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, but mine mine mm -hmm. has been um, over the years. I've gotten. Um, Emails from a pet clinic in New York about a, no, a pet shop in New York or a adoption place mm -hmm. for someone to adopt. And then um, I've gotten work documents for another Patricia somewhere mm -hmm. in Europe. Um, and these were very confidential stuff. Like they were the marketing plans for the next year. If I wanted to, I could have just forwarded it to their to their um, competitor and destroy them in that market. That was how bad it was. Yeah, uh, Ursula has. There's apparently someone who who's not an Ursula Vernon, but keeps putting down Ursula V, uh, whatever their their email is. But it she keeps getting like 
class transcripts and password oh, reset notices. Well. Yeah, yeah. It's and cr- I've got access to one of her iPads with money in it if I decide to destroy her life. See, that's that's just yeah, people need to be more careful about that. Make sure they don't typo or or whatever. Um I was I yesterday I was buying parts for the chicken coop at the mm-hmm. the local place and I was giving them my email, you know, Kevin mm-hmm. at sunny.com. And the poor woman was confused because she couldn't just hit the button for Gmail or Outlook or Hotmail on the oh. screen and I had to kind of walk her through it and I'm like, "Okay, um you know, that that might explain why if it's uh, uh, why it happens sometimes is because no one thinks there are any other email addresses anymore except from the big providers. Uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, the 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 thing is, is that for me, that's not the issue. A lot of times, it's like they. In some cases, I've seen like they know the address doesn't belong to them, mm-hmm. but they try it anyway. Oh, God right. knows why. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe this Patricia Pinto knows uh, because th- obviously all the Kevin Sonnies know each other and all the Patricia Pintos know each other. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, anywhere else we could find you? No no social um, presence I that do, you're going to share. I kind of want to keep them separate. That's fine. That's that's yeah. completely understandable. Is, yeah, no mm-hmm. part of it is because um my name, my my Twitter username was uh, was uh, well. This is like over ten years ago, but I'm still mm-hmm. a bit paranoid because people tend to keep really long weird grudges. I once told oh. a politician on Twitter, local politician, to uh, to shut the f up. Oh, um, I'm yeah. saying that because I'm still having trouble pronouncing it. I have no problems writing it. I just have problems pronouncing it. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. So I told him to to shut the f up, and it was a very slow news day that day, and apparently it went viral. This oh. is like one of those. Yeah, this is one of those those like back in the early Twitter days before it became super toxic like it is now. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, because of that, it's like I'm not too comfortable uh, sharing my my uh, my Twitter and Facebook and etc. accounts. Yeah. No, I I understand that completely. It's um, especially difficult for women on the internet. And I think that's a damn shame. Uh, mm. But uh, I understand completely. And I think our listeners will understand if you're not comfortable sharing it, don't share. Got no problem with that. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. So that's everything. Everything, everything. Awesome. Yeah. So, Yay. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. And um, I can't wait to share it. Awesome. Yep. See you guys in the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. And for the people listening at home, we'll be back right after this. hope you enjoyed the talk Patricia and I had as much as I did. I had a lot of fun and thank you, Patricia, for coming on the show. It was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. And now the moment some of you have been waiting for is the 
badge code for the week. This week's badge code is friction. I don't think I've used that one before. If I have, then I'll change it and update the audio before I publish it. Right? That's that's one of the joys of this. So yeah, if you want to know more about open badges and what the badge codes do, just go to productivityalchemy.com and click on the badge how-to uh, from the menu. That should get you started. All right, so I'm jet-lagged. Ursula's kind of jet-lagged. I still have to work in the morning, and there's a lot going on. So... Just remember, if you want to support us, you can support us financially at patreon.com slash Ursula V, or you can support us at uh, ko-fi.com, ko-fi.com slash ksunny, K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. One buys me coffee, and the other gets you free copies of Ursula's self-published ebooks. So uh, either one is a great way. If you can't support us financially, or, or you think we already you know, have enough money. That's fine. Um, please give to your favorite charity and tell everybody how awesome uh, this podcast is. We'll be, you know, sharing some of those as we're able. And I got a whole pile of letters for later this month. Okay, early next month, because it's almost the end of August anyway. And so I would just be doing two letter shows really close together. And yeah, you get it. Anyway, um, the jet lag thing, uh, check us out, productivityalchemy.com. I told you about the, the Patreon and Kofi links. And now I'm going to go see if I can do some more recovery. And uh, have a great week, folks. And remember, stay productive. <laughs>